I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. Have you ever sat in your car, stuck in traffic, and one of your favorite songs comes on? What do you do? Do you sing at the top of your lungs, or do you ride the melody nice and smooth? Either way, you're ready for some karaoke. The time-honored tradition of hitting the stage and crooning to a song is alive and well in our town. And it should. We do live in Music City, after all. Yet due to the fact that we live amongst thousands of supremely talented folks, some people can be intimidated when they take the stage. Is karaoke in Nashville more like American Idol? Later this hour, we'll talk with KJs and singers about the etiquette and essence of karaoke. But first, yesterday was a big day in Nashville, Election Day. Some 100,000 voters flocked to the polls to cast ballots for Nashville's next mayor, vice mayor, metro council members, and a handful of state house representatives. While the mayor's race is not yet final, many races have been won. Here to talk through those results are WPLN interim news director Tony Gonzalez and midday news producer Cynthia Abrams. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Khalil. Hey, yeah, great to be here. You guys were here late. Did you get any sleep? Just a little bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, I think we were, we were up well past midnight working the election. Working hard for everyone. Okay, so before we get to the exact results, can you give us a little window of how dramatic it was last night? Cindy? Yeah, it was it was pretty thrilling. You know, we had ideas about how some of the races might turn out, but there was plenty of uncertainty. But once we saw those early voting totals and saw the front runners, it was clear that Freddie O'Connell had a pretty sizable lead. I headed out to his watch party, and as soon as I arrived, the excitement was palpable. The music was blaring. I think it was Dynamite by Tayo Cruz. Hmm. People were cheering, and the room was packed. There aren't many nights like this in Nashville when such a major decision is being made. Tony, what were you watching for? Yeah, well, so from the newsroom side, I mean, the most most sort of nerve-wracking moment is waiting for those early voting totals to post on the the web. And we know that happens between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m., and, like, that's kind of a long time to be mm-hmm. waiting. So you're like refre- refreshing, refreshing the website. And then you you get that um, first snapshot that just tells you so much about like how the night's going to go. Um, that's also when we had like multiple reporters time to, you know, post to the web uh, what's going on with the mayor's race, the vice mayor's race and, and on down the line. We also had about 10 minutes until we were going to go live on the radio with that first, you know, who's who, who's leading after early voting. So it's really exciting and then there was enough uncertainty to keep watching as mm. more and more results came in. And in fact, there was one race, the, the race for vice mayor, where one candidate was leading after early voting, but eventually lost. So that that was uh, really interesting to see how that was changing uh, over a couple of hours. All right. All eyes were on the mayor's race this election. But as expected, we did not end up with the winner last night. So where do you think stand now? So none of the 12 candidates on the ballot earned more than 50 percent of the vote, which is what's needed to win the general election and avoid a runoff. However, we do have our final two contenders, Freddie O'Connell and Alice Rowley. O'Connell came out on top with 27 percent of the vote and Rowley was next with 20 percent. And there was a bit of a gap before the next couple candidates. But in the end, not a whole lot of drama as the precincts reported their tallies. O'Connell and Rowley really held on to their positions all night long. So how much of a surprise were these two leaders? Early polling did show O'Connell leading, so there was some indication of his success. But in terms of fundraising, O'Connell wasn't topping the charts. That was the case for third-place finisher Matt Wiltshire. 
Now, O'Connell did have a significant amount of money left going into early voting, indicating that he was in a pretty solid place and has more resources to continue campaigning into the runoff. Um, And he had a lot of endorsements and a track record he pointed to on the Metro Council, plus a very consistent message about how the city could be doing better. He talked to me about this after his speech last night. We're not doing the things that big cities are supposed to do. Transit, sidewalks, creating housing that we know anyone can attain. And we have to make sure that those are the things that are front and center as we move forward from here. Because when you do those things right, you still get all the other benefits of a great economy, a great culture. And also as a two-term council member, O'Connell had shown that he could win office. Speaking of holding office, Alice Rowley has not. Tell me more about her and her campaign. So Alice Rowley was a staffer in Governor Bill Haslam's administration and worked on the re-election campaign for Republican Senator Lamar Alexander as well. Full disclosure, she was also a board member with Nashville Public Radio. Um, and she's partly well known because of how civically engaged she is, including really keeping up with local and state news and weighing in on platforms like Twitter She ran a campaign that was unabashedly different than most other candidates who were pretty similar in their progressive stances. She grabbed on to conservative talking points about low taxes and concerns about crime. Here's a clip from her speech last night. This is the city that is the home of the Fisk Jubilee Singers and Country Music. It will not be the city that is the home and the sound of 100 homicides a year. It will not. Though... It is a nonpartisan race. Rowley has pitched herself as a Republican option for voters. And I also noticed a more combative tone from Rowley last night. Despite what O'Connell says about his new priorities, she's trying to describe him as an insider. So, you know, Tony, why does this mayoral outcome matter so much? Well, yeah. So obviously it is the top position in our city. And in Nashville, it's not just like a figurehead mayor. Uh, we have what we consider a strong mayor system, so they really do chart the path on our priorities as a city. Also, city spending, they kind of take the lead on, on the budget, um, which is a statement of our priorities. We've also had a lot of turnover in the mayor's office. Um, we're about to have, uh, I guess, our fourth mayor in five years. So regardless of sort of what candidates you preferred in the last few years, that's been a lot of instability. And before this period, it had almost always been two-term mayors. So you would often get eight years at a time mm-hmm. so they could really kind of work on um, some policies. Without that, uh, I think a lot of people think there's been challenges in making progress on some difficult things like transportation, transit, housing, that sort of thing. So uh, it's a very important role for maybe um, a lot of people looking for some longevity coming forward. Mm. Now, all right, let's turn to some of the other outcomes. We'll stay with Metro first. We did have... What some are calling an upset that was in the race for vice mayor. We had both candidates on air here recently. So, Tony, tell us what happened. Yeah, well, what happened was an incumbent was unseated. And that's not very common. Uh, Angie Henderson, who is a council member, beat vice current vice mayor Jim Shulman. Uh, and she won that election by a few thousand votes. This is the one I mentioned earlier where when we saw early voting, mm-hmm. Shulman had a slight lead. Um, but as we saw the day of Election Day voting coming in, Um, Angie Henderson moved ahead and eventually won by a few thousand votes, um, really because she won big on Election Day. So we'll have a a new vice mayor who is going to going to run those Metro Council meetings and and lead in that way. And uh, we'll have to see where she takes that office. We're also going to have many fresh faces 
on the Metro Council. All 40 seats were on the ballot. Cindy, what stands out about those races to you? I think the most interesting was the race for the five at-large council seats. These are the people who represent the entire county, and it was 21 people seeking those five positions. Only one was popular enough to actually win last night. That was incumbent Zolfat Suara. Otherwise, we're going to see eight candidates competing in a runoff for those other four spots. And at the district level, there weren't many surprises. Lots of people won without opponents, but there will be three runoffs in districts 4, 11, and 29. Okay. Now, Tony, we've also had a few special elections related to the legislature. What did we see play out there? Yeah, that's right. So there was some national interest in two of these contests, uh, which ended up being not competitive at all, but mm. but they are in the spotlight. So that's Representatives Justin Jones here in Nashville and Justin J. Pearson in Memphis. Uh, we all recall they were infamously expelled from the legislature, reinstated uh, temporarily by by local officials. Now they have won re-election essentially without any question. I mean, they had 80 or 90 percent of the vote went their way. It was, it was landslides. Um, there was one other race that locally was a little bit more intriguing, um, House District 51, which includes Nashville, this had been um, held by Bill Beck, a Democrat who passed away. Uh, the, there was a primary, and Afton Bain defeated Anthony Davis in a pretty close contest. Uh, Afton, she will face uh, Republican David Hooven uh, in, in, a, in a seat that has been traditionally Democratic. So we'll watch that in uh, House District 51. That one's not done yet. Okay, Cindy, tell us what will you be watching for next? So the runoff is scheduled for September 14th, but early voting is sooner, and that begins August 25th and runs through September 9th. Um, and there are already mayoral forums and debates on the calendar, including one next week. A couple others will be televised, and you can expect to hear the candidates on air here as well. This this will be the first mayoral runoff I've covered, so I'm looking forward to seeing whether their campaign messages change at all now that it's one-on-one, -on -one, and I'm wondering if we'll end up with a close contest or potentially a landslide. All right, everyone. Remember, you can register for the runoff until August 15th, and be sure to check our continuing coverage at WPLN. Org. Cynthia Abrams is WPLN's midday producer, and Tony Gonzalez leads our news desk as interim news director. Thanks to you both for all your hard work and get some rest, okay? Thanks so much. Yeah, we'll do. Thanks. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk karaoke and learn some tricks of the trade from two local KJs. Here's a hint. You don't have to be any good to have a good time. Do you enjoy karaoke? What's your favorite song to sing? Let us know and tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil Le Colonna, and this is Nashville. I've always enjoyed singing karaoke. Why? Well, it's a great way to let off steam and sing a favorite song. And of course, you can hear someone who can really hold a note rock the stage. But what I love most about karaoke, the moments. I once witnessed a good friend of mine bring the house down with a rendition of Erica Badu's Tyrone. Look, there's something about watching a woman sit on a stool with a purse over her shoulder, singing about kicking a deadbeat boyfriend out of the house. Trust me, you'll never forget it. Now, depending on the venue, the vibe of karaoke has some range to it, but it's always fun. 
How is karaoke different here in Nashville? Well, my next guests are pros who are in the know. Jason Adkins is the KJ, that's karaoke jockey, at the Lipstick Lounge. And Jacob Korenfloss is a karaoke lover and former host at Santa's Pub. Jason and Jacob, thanks for being here. Welcome to This is Nashville. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Really great to have you. Okay, so KJ is a different breed of entertainer. I'm really curious, how'd you all get started? Jason. Funny story. Uh, I worked at Lipstick Lounge. Uh, <clears throat> the owner of the bar is a good friend of mine. And I started doing trivia there. And then <clears throat> the person that was running the karaoke had a, an employee working for her who was doing more of a showcase type of thing. <laughs> hmm. So I told the owner of the karaoke, I was like, you know, she's not really hosting a karaoke show. She's kind of doing a showcase. I guess she's trying to get discovered or something. And <laughs> the owner of the karaoke at the time said, well, sounds like you need a job doing karaoke. And I was like, I've never done it before. And she's like, I'll show you the ropes. And it started there. Hired on <laughs> so, the spot. Yeah, pretty much. Was it hard <laughs> to get into the swing of things? <clears throat> no, she she showed me the ropes pretty easily and taught me how to run sound. And we have another sound engineer there that taught me as well. So it was pretty pretty easy transition. You're kind of like a natural, so, huh? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, how did you come to be the host at Santa's Pub? Uh, so I started going to Santa's on my 21st birthday. It was okay. my neighborhood bar, and I worked at a burger place, Gabby's Burgers and Fries, with someone else who worked at Santa's, so I went and visited him there on my 21st birthday. I started going in every couple of days, and he finally convinced me to get up there and sing karaoke, and by the second week, Angelina, Santa's wife, was like, who's that Jacob fella? And uh, I got a job there uh, within two weeks of going there. Okay, <laughs> so you're 21, and you're a brand-new KJ. Real quick, for the uninitiated, describe Santa's Pub because it's really not your typical karaoke bar. Okay, so when I started going there, it's, it, I mean, most of it's still the same, but it's a double-wide trailer, fully decked out in Christmas accoutrement, and it was a Sig's Inside trailer at the time when I started going there. Okay, yeah. okay. What was it like learning the ropes of doing karaoke? Um, it was a little strange. I didn't have a lot of uh, experience in that other than just playing in bands and uh, doing audio engineering before that. So it took a little while for me to get uh, comfortable in front of the mic and whatnot because I'm by no means an actual singer or anything <laughs> like that. And, but I'm a performer, so like I made it a whole spectacle and like just learned how to make those tips. Man, yeah, yeah, you got to. You got to keep the tip jar front and center, right? Right. So, so Jason, tell me about what, what's your approach? What's the approach you take when you're working? Like, how do you get the crowd hyped and excited? I, I usually leave it up to the crowd. Like, mm. I'm... <clears throat> I try to keep the focus off of me, mostly, and on them. Uh, a lot of people, you know, come in and be like, well, why don't you sing? And I'm like, well, karaoke is not about the host. It's about everyone else that's here for karaoke. So, yeah, just try to keep the focus on the crowd, keep the show running. Talk to the crowd. Talk to the crowd, yeah. Get, get, get. How, how do you kind of nudge someone who's a little shy to get up there? Well, drinks help. <laughs> drinks <laughs> yeah, always help. <laughs> but, yeah, and you just kind of tell them, you know, hey, it's going to be okay. Just get up there, have fun. Don't take it seriously. You know, mm -hmm. no one's here to to judge you. It's all, it's it's fun. It's just all about fun. Yeah. So. It's, Jacob, tell us a little bit about the spectacle that you used to put on down there. Uh, I Santa's. almost had a, like, I kind of, like, pulled from a 70s game show host, kind of. I just made it uh, larger than life. Uh, Susan, come on down to the microphone. It's your time to sing, like kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my style all day long. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, so 
I want to know what you all hear the most when on a typical night of karaoke. What do you hear the most at Lipstick, Jason? Uh, a lot of Dixie Chicks. Mm-hmm. Or oh, Chicks, the Chicks now, the sorry. The Chicks. They don't, <laughs> they don't go by the other part anymore. Um, <clears throat> What's Up mm. by Four Non Blondes. Okay. Very popular song. It's because it's a crowd pleaser. It's one of those songs that gets everyone involved. Like the crowd will sing with you. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, Fancy by Reba. It's very popular. Okay. So it's like, it's all over the place, really. At Lipstick, it's it's a it's a diverse crowd of people and songs. So you know, but a lot of anthems usually like. Yeah, I think a lot of people like to sing the anthems because it gets it does get the crowd involved and it, and it feels good when you're up on stage. And people are singing along with you or they're focused on you like they're really watching you perform or or listening to you sing. So, I mean, for people who haven't been there, talk, talk about the vibe. Is it is it kind of a compact space or really spread out? It's pretty compact. It's <laughs> lipsticks, a, not the biggest place, but um, it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, we got all walks of life in there and everyone seems to get along really well. So we're very lucky when it comes to that. Just a, it's a good neighborhood bar, a good neighborhood feel. Yeah. In my years, I've done a lot of karaoke at different places. I like the packed and compact spaces. Oh, yeah. Because you get to be on top of folks. You get to, it's an easy way to meet new people. Yes. You know, you come off stage and suddenly you, there's a couple of drinks waiting for you. Yeah. They, they really loved what you did with <laughs> oh, that did song. So good. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. like, hey, come on in. <laughs> you know, you know, but, you know, those were in, you know, New Mexico, Baltimore, and Los Angeles. But here we're in Music City. I'm curious as to whether any celebrities have ever popped in to sing a tune. Jacob, have you had a celebrity moment? Uh, I had to kick uh, the singer of Jet off the mic one night. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, so if y'all haven't been to Santa's, there's a no cussing on the mic rule. And uh, he's Australian, and he let a certain word fly that doesn't fly in most bars, much less uh, Santa's okay. um, on the mic. He was really sweet about it and very understanding. He was just a few in. But, yeah. <laughs> All right. Any celebrity moments for you, Jason? Yeah, there's been a few. Um, we had some people out from Hollywood. Uh, Paget Brewster's been there. We've had uh, Ty Herndon stops in from time to time. Okay. And these things. Uh, he was there just this past weekend because the chicks were in concert and they had to cancel, but mm-hmm. they came and pre-gamed at Lipstick and <clears throat> he sang a song and yeah, there's been all kinds of people. How does the crowd react when somebody famous rolls into the spot? I I have to say it's quite like L.A. I think most people are respectful of mm. the more famous people because they, you know, they, they tend to stay to stay away, give them their space, but they're like, you know, there, there's always the couple that'll come up and be like, oh, you know, want to hang out and get your autograph, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That always happens, but I, most people in Nashville are respectful of the, what yeah. I would call the stars. So For sure. I mean, like, yeah, uh uh, Casey Musgraves used to hang out at Santa's all the time, and like so many different musicians and comedians come into Santa's when they're on tour or something like that. And usually, people don't really bother them. I see people bother the sports figures more than anyone at Santa's. Mm. Like I saw Philip uh, Forsberg getting punished one night um, at, completely at Santa's, and it was an empty bar too. And this guy would not leave him alone, and I felt so bad for him. <laughs> super fans, man, they're yeah. all over you now. You know, speaking of celebrities and super fans, some people can take karaoke very, very seriously. They downright competitive. Oh yeah, with it. How do you keep the energy, uh, Jason? First, how do you keep the energy fun and cooperative, collaborative when you're working, but take that 
kind of uh, competitive aspect out of it? I, I guess I'm a little bit more strict when it comes to karaoke. Uh, I have, do have a set of rules at okay. the bar, like, and <laughs> I always make announcements before the show starts, like, don't drop my microphones, please. Um, and you will not be discovered at a karaoke bar in Nashville, most likely. <laughs> so don't take it so seriously. Everyone's here to have fun. Get up and sing your song. Have a good time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I always, I always mention, like, there's no record producers here tonight. You know, Mike Curb's probably at home in his house, <laughs> sleeping away. <laughs> so yeah, just calm down, have fun, drink a few drinks. Have a good time. Sing a song. <laughs> Jacob, have you seen people like, come to Santa's looking to get discovered? Yeah, it's it's sad. It's sad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about. The, it's either the people who are like really dressed the part, they're like really clean cut and it's like, oh, that this is my industry debut. And it's like, no, everyone's here to have a good time and have yeah. some beers. And then there's also the other type of taking karaoke way too seriously is the dude who's way too into Sinatra. Like okay. the, yeah, the slicked Absolutely. back hair, like, yeah, the suave machismo type yeah. guy, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, he's, he, he's singing all the Sinatra songs. He's going to be there. He's he's in full crooner yeah. stage. Oh, yeah. The I, new Rat Pack. But, but I have to imagine the odds of it. There has to be someone who was kind of picked up or discovered or noticed. from. Oh, Carrier absolutely. Okay. You might have got happened. a gig, for sure. It's happened. Yeah. Okay. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Lekalona. We're talking this hour about the joys of karaoke with Jason Atkins and Jacob Korenfloss. You can tweet us at your fa- tweet us your favorite karaoke song, as a matter of fact, and send that to us here at This Is Nashville. Now, my mom called it acting right when you're in public, and the same <laughs> applies to karaoke. You know, Jacob, tell us what are the rules at Santa other than no cussing? So there's no cussing on the mic. There's no drinking on stage, and back before this last year, no smoking on stage either. Um, The no cussing, that's just Santa's rule. He is an old-school guy. He thinks it's disrespectful. Um, uh, When it comes to the drinks, the soundboard's right there. Yeah. (laughs) That's danger. That's danger zone. Like, one foul swish, and it's game over for at least the night. And the smoking went back to before they literally raised the roof. At Santa's, it was right above your head. So if you held your cigarette up there, you had a good chance of catching the roof on fire. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I could see that would give, give more impetus for the Sinatra wannabes in a smoke-filled room to kind of come in with a slick-back pompadour. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you talked about it a little bit, Jason, about the rules that you that you put on folks. But, you know, I'm wondering, has anyone ever contested those rules? I, I really haven't had much uh, argument about the rules. They're pretty fair. So, I mean, someone's always going to try to manipulate the system. Mm -hmm. Always. That's just life. That's what people do. So you just have to, you know, put a little firm hand down and be like, this is how how it runs here. This is how we do things. And it's worked, obviously, for a very long time. And we're going to continue to do it this way. So Okay. Now, Jason, you said you let... The audience members really take the stage and do their thing. I wonder if you two sing. What what songs do you like to sing when you do karaoke? <laughs> I uh, if I have to sing, <laughs> which I very much try not to. If I have to sing, I'm usually uh, anywhere between Prince, a lot of Prince songs, mm-hmm. um, some Neil Diamond, 
not not the typical yeah. karaoke Neil Diamond tracks, but okay. some Neil Diamond. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah, <laughs> my mother was a huge Neil Diamond fan, so a lot of those songs are in my head. Uh, yeah, anywhere from Prince to Neil Diamond to Lou Rawls, all just right. all over the place. Jacob. I'm all over the place, too. I have a pretty large repertoire because at Santa's, when we started karaoke, if people weren't singing, you had to keep singing as the host. So I had to try out new songs because sometimes we'd be dead for five hours after karaoke started, and I have to keep on going. But I could do anything from... I would do anything from George Strait to David Bowie to Rihanna to Khalees to... Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Come on, Milkshake. <laughs> oh, no, that was a big one for me. <laughs> Damn right. That's better than yours, right? <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> All right, well, guess what? We just so happen to have a lyric sheet and songs queued up. So, uh, gentlemen, which one of you would like to go first? Ooh. <laughs> I guess I'll go first. All right. <laughs> All right, everybody. We've got Jason coming to the main stage. He's going to be singing You'll Never Find by Lou Rawls. You'll never find It'll take the end of all time Someone to understand you Like I do I think I'm off. Thank you all. What you'll find is one of my songs. What you found in me. Dun, dun, dun. All the magic we shared. Just, Just us two. Now I got you. Thank yeah. you. Oh, I'm not trying to make you stay, baby. But I know somehow, someday, some way. You're gonna miss my loving. 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 You're gonna miss my love. Yes, give it up. Give it up for Jason. Lou Rawls, that is one of my favorite. Karaoke I love it. I to love sing. It. All right, Jacob, what are you going to sing? I'm going to sing Life on Mars by David Bowie. All Great right, song. here we go, everybody. Jacob with Life on Mars by Mr. David Bowie. It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair But her mommy is yelling no And her daddy is told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen now she walks through her sunken dreams To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a saddening bore For she's lived it ten times or more Could she spit in the eyes of fools As they ask her to focus on sailors Fighting in the dance hall Oh man, look at those cavemen go It's the freakiest show Be look at the lawman Beating up the wrong guy Oh man, wonder if he'll ever know He's in the best-selling show Is a life on my yeah. 
Yes, Woo. yes, yes. Awesome. yes. <laughs> Emily distracted me over there. <laughs> I want to thank you both. You both are champions and rock stars. I want to thank my guest, Jason Adkins. He's the KJ at Lipstick Lounge. And Jacob Korenfloss is a karaoke lover and the former karaoke host at Santa's Pub. Thanks for being here with us today. And keep the songs coming, all right, thank guys? You thank so you much. so much for having us. <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> We got to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to explore the fun and innovative karaoke variations we have in town. What's your favorite karaoke memorable moment? Tell us the story by tweeting us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Khalil Colonna, and this is Nashville. Grabbing the mic and singing your song is what karaoke is all about. But sometimes you may not be singing exactly, or you may not have a KJ playing a recorded track behind you. Karaoke has evolved and now has other ways for you to enjoy your favorite tunes. My next guests bring different approaches to karaoke. Bryn Plummer is a co-founder of Hip Hop Karaoke, and Kira Small is the co-owner of Sid Gold's Request Room. Bryn, Kira, thanks so much for being here. Welcome to This Is Nashville. Thank you. Yeah, glad to be here. Okay, you both do karaoke with this real different style to it. Kira, tell us about Sid Gold's Request Room and what makes it different. Well, we are Nashville's only live piano karaoke bar, so I think we take the best of both worlds, the piano bar world, where people are sitting around the piano singing along, uh, and karaoke, which we all know what karaoke is, someone on stage having their moment. Um, so you get to have your moment with a live piano player, so it gets to flow a little bit more and be a little little, little more organic mm -hmm. um, than with a track, uh, and you get an audience really singing along and supporting you. It's pretty great. Where did the idea come from? Uh, the original Sid Golds was started in 2015 by Paul Devitt and Joe McGinty up in New York City. Uh, they founded the first one up there. And uh, Joe's a piano player. He played with the Psychedelic Furs for a number of years. Mm. And uh, Paul was the uh, founder of the Beauty Bar. And they had this idea of karaoke that uh, with a piano. And they're the ones that started the rest it. Yeah. Is history. The rest is history. Where did, how, so how did you come to open up the location here? <laughs> um... I'd been playing piano bar type stuff for decades, and uh, I used to play at a place in Austin called Don's Depot, and I'd been back to visit, and I came back here, was just hanging out with my husband, talking about how there's nothing even remotely like that in Nashville. And uh, so we just sort of started BSing about what it'd be like to open a place, not having any thought of do doing it or a clue what it would take, but just entertaining the idea. And then he was in the midst of a career change, and was planning on the obvious safe choice, but he was like, I keep thinking about that piano bar idea. Because hmm. he was really, we were both really into making cocktails and stuff, and there was a, a time to make a choice and pick a path. And so we decided, since we had no experience running a bar, that we would talk to people that we knew that did have experience. And one of those people was my friend Cowboy Keith Thompson, who I'd been on the road with, with Linda Carter. And he had taken me to his friend's piano karaoke bar in New York called Sid Gold's. He said, wait, you want to open a piano bar? I said, yep. So he said, Paul's looking for partners in Nashville. And bam. Bam. Here we are. Yeah. Now, we got a tweet at This Is Nashville from Matt Kratz. It says, quote, 
Love the karaoke on air. Can we get Freddie and Alice to do a song? So, Carrie, <laughs> you've seen a lot of people take the mic. What about a karaoke off for mayor? <laughs> I'm I'm here for it. I will will host it. Okay. Yeah, you heard it here, folks. Sid Gold's hosting mayoral karaoke off. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Bring it. Now, now, Bryn, <laughs> hip-hop karaoke sounds like a lot of fun, and everybody, listeners know that's right up my alley. Where did you come up with the idea to do that? So one of our co-founders was on vacation in London, and he popped into a bar, and um, just kind of unceremoniously, it was just happening inside the bar. Hip-hop karaoke was happening in this bar. And if you've seen the movie Rye Lane, which is this new indie rom-com, super cute, that takes place in, uh, in London... They show this actual bar and the hip-hop karaoke that goes on the bar, so you can really get a sense. And he was like, this is awesome. I would love to start something like that in Nashville. We met about a year later, and everything kind of came together. We were like, let's let's bring that to Nashville. Let's bring that party vibe um, here to Nashville. Where we know there's hip-hop fans, but they really weren't having a place to kind of go that was dedicated for them to do karaoke. So it's a party and a good time vibe. Yeah, yeah, big I, time. I think, you know, most folks are familiar with the read-along videos and pre-recorded tracks. What's it like trying to find those for hip-hop songs, though? It's all over the map. So we, uh, it's actually one of our rules. So we have sort of very few rules, but one of ours is our guideline, really. We don't show the lyrics because, you know, some songs are 30 years old. Some songs are three months old. And so some of them might not have karaoke uh, tracks that go along with them, or they might be indie hip-hop or really deep rap cuts. And so we try to find instrumental tracks, but we use a lot of different sources, Spotify, YouTube. Um, we try to, if someone has like an MP3 file, especially if they're an actual artist themselves and they have the rendering from the MP3 file, we'll even do that. So we're we're pretty resourceful in finding the tracks. Yeah, people passing the yeah. aux cord. Yeah, big time and we don't but we don't show the lyrics because we're like hey we don't know first of all we're low budget we don't have a screen so you're gonna have to we tell people look on your phone um have a friend come help you who you know knows it too so you can kind of supplement one another you know obviously people are rapping or emceeing rather than singing and Mm -hmm. some folks would say oh that's easy you hear them do it all the time (laughs) is that really the case it is so easy difficult. And I tell people all the time, before you put a song in, go sing it in the bathroom. Go out to your car and just go back and say yourself because Snoop Dogg, he always has one more verse than you think he does. Go up there and try to sing Beautiful. I dare you. Go up there and try to sing Fergalicious. Fergie raps, sings, spells incorrectly in that song. It's not easy to sing that song word for word. So it is one of those things where, you know, you really... Um, get tripped up. And a lot of rappers who you think of as very laid back and cool, they rap really fast and they sing really fast. Mm. So um, it, it can be really challenging, but we always we always sing back up for people. We bring a tambourine so we can kind of cover up when people miss. And we tell people, you know, if you're in the crowd and you know it, come on up. It's very family and participatory. You know, I've seen it happen at karaoke where particularly ladies like to go up and sing the old school classic from Sir Mix-a-Lot, Baby Got Back. And they don't realize they can do the Becky, oh, my God, look at her butt part. But when he gets to going, he gets going quickly. He was, we wouldn't have Twista without Sir Mix-a-Lot. I believe this, Twista, the fastest rapper in the world. Hmm. Sir Mix-a-Lot and a ventriloquist I found out recently. Sir Mix-a-Lot raps so fast. And there are so many words in those songs, songs that we think of as those kind of 90s early rap classics, usually have three or four verses, mm-hmm. whereas today mm-hmm. a lot of songs are about two and a half minutes. Those songs are more like four, four and a half minutes. There's a lot of words just to digest and to be able to spit out really quickly and keep the cadence. Yeah, if you want to move around, you got to have your breath to you. How, yeah. of, how often do you all hold events? We try to do it every two or three months. We actually have our next one on September 16th at the five spot. Um, and so we try to do it every two or three months. It gives people time to get their act together or get a costume 
uh, some people come mm-hmm. dressed up, which is really awesome, too. Uh, now, Kara, I've been to Sid Gold several times. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the vibe and energy there. We've come to be known as the most supportive room in town, which fills me with such joy and pride. Um, again, I think it comes back to the best of both worlds in in the, the piano bar thing with the karaoke. Um, people feel supported there and comfortable there. And I always say whether you're singing your butt off or making a ding-dong of yourself on stage, the room is with you, mm-hmm. absolutely with you. And if you're lost, the piano player is going to sing along with you, the room is going to sing along with you. Um, and some of my favorite moments uh, in there are someone who is shy, nervous, feels like they can't sing, but they're just so vulnerable, and it, and it just brings the room to a pin-drop silence. And and you can just feel, you know, I'm in tears at the piano, and you can just feel the room being like, ah, it's really gorgeous. Do you, gorgeous. Uh, do you all have theme nights? We do. Uh, we're open six nights a week. Um, and uh, every night but Tuesday and Mondays from seven to nine is our show tunes open mic, so that's uh, all the all the theater kids are in there. Uh, Bryn was saying it was like a cast party, you know, <laughs> which is a perfect description. Um, Wednesdays we have burlesque. Um, um, the first Thursday of every month we have a drunken Disney sing along. That was last night. Okay, it was the two year <laughs> anniversary of our drunken Disney sing along. Uh, it's madness in the best way. Uh, <laughs> I mean, drunk in Disney, I can see them singing Frozen songs over Frozen margaritas. <laughs> well, we have the same no drinks on stage rule that uh, Santa's has, but we don't have the same no swearing rule. So I had to write down, don't swear on this piece of paper. Um, <laughs> so a lot of the lyrics get changed. Um, we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Now, now, Bryn, do you all have specific rules? We do. I think, um, you know, we try to keep it. We want to honor that this is an art form that is sacred to a lot of people. You know, for us, we're having fun. It's sort of house party, dance party, uh, plus karaoke. So we try to keep the rules just to keep it on the rails and remember that this means a lot to a lot of people. So one genre, hip hop, rap, R&B only. Uh, L, lyrics. We let people know we don't have the lyrics on the screen. Uh, The acronym is GLOW. And then O is only black people can say the N-word. Mm-hmm. Um, and then W is we give love, whether someone kills it or they bomb, mm-hmm. there's no booing um, yeah. at our show. And so that's that, I think that keeps it really respectful, fun, party vibe, mm-hmm. and also no one's violating anybody's boundaries. Okay. Perfect. Okay. If, you, if you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Kaliole Colonna. We're talking this hour about the variations of karaoke with Bryn Plummer and Kira Small. You can tweet us your comments at This Is Nashville. Now, we just had a couple of gentlemen on who told us about some of their favorite songs to sing. Um, What are some of the songs you all like to sing when you're doing karaoke? Kara? Uh, Mine really varies. For karaoke, uh, Celine Dion's fun. Um, I've been known to do all the parts of uh, a Hamilton song by myself. Okay. Um, That's a a bit of a showstopper. Um, Queen songs are always fun. Um, Sometimes I'll just take a left turn and do some old jazz standard or some old... Merle Haggard song or something. Okay. Yeah. Bryn, what about you? I'm also all over the map. Yeah. yeah. Um, Shania Twain, early. Whose bed have your boots been under? <laughs> um, you're still the one. Definitely love uh, kind of like big rock 70s ballads by like Heart, um, yeah. B-52s, uh, The Contours, Do You Love Me mm. is a fun one. Okay. Um, and Otis Redding. I usually love to do Sitting on the Dock of the Bay or Try a Little Tenderness. Nice. Well, we happen to have lyric sheets in front of you both. Um, who would like to go first? Silence. 
It's totally I'll silent. go. I don't oh, care. you want to go? Okay. I'll go. Okay, everybody, we've got Kira. She's singing All Come Back to Me by Celine Dion. When you touch me like this And you hold me like that I just have to admit that it's all coming back to me When I touch you like this And I hold you like that It's so hard to believe But it's all coming back to me It's all coming back It's all coming back to me now There were moments of gold And there were flashes of light There were things I never That's amazing. I got everybody's holding their lighters in the studio. This is amazing. That was Kira. All right. Bryn, we got Bryn coming up with Doo-Wop, That Thing by the Miss, by Miss Lauren Hill. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been three weeks since you've been looking for your friend. The one you let hit it and never called you again. Remember when he told you he was about the Benjamins? You act like you ain't hear him, but give him a little shh, but again. How you think you really gonna pretend? Like you wasn't down, then you called him again. Plus when you give it up so easy, you ain't even fooling him. If you did it then, then you probably do it again. Talking out your neck, saying you're a Christian, a Muslim, sleeping with a gin. Now that was the sin that did Jezebel in. Who you gonna tell when the repercussions spin? Showing off your aunt, cause you thinking it's a trend, girlfriend. girlfriend. Let me break it down for you again. Huh? You know I only say it cause I'm truly genuine. What? Don't be a hard rock when you really are a gym, baby girl. Respect is just a minimum. Mm-hmm. Bad words, bad words, and you still defending them. <laughs> yeah, Lauren is only human. Don't think I haven't been through the same predicament. Let it sit inside your head like a million people. Okay. Oh, that was wonderful. It. I want to yeah. thank my guests. I want to thank you both so much. Yeah. My guest, Kira Small, co-owner of Sid Gold's Request Room, and Bryn Plummer, co-founder of Hip Hop Karaoke. You both are awesome. Thank you both so much. Thank, Thank you, Khalil. All right, y'all. It's Friday. That means it's time for me to hop out the studio and ride shotgun with a fellow Nashvilleian. Today, I'm taking a ride with Paul Lauren. He is the singer and songwriter producer who's one of the players at Sid Gold's Request Room. He's got talent. He's got style and charisma. Everything you would expect from a pro. Buckle up. Feel free to move that back. I have my girlfriend in here, and she's a small lady. So, How'd you come to find Sid Gold's as a gig? So being a New Yorker originally, I knew and had kind of tangentially played at the original location in, in Manhattan. And I knew one of the founders slash owners, Joe McGinty. I just kind of reached out to Joe. I said, Joe, it's been a long time, but I'm here in Nashville. Crazy idea, but I'm kind of home weeknights. Do you think Sid Golds is looking for someone for maybe weeknights? Uh, and I had been wanting to like flex these songs that I've known over all these years and songs I grew up with as well. It'd be nice to like have those songs just in my fingertips or my brain. Mm-hmm. And Kira and Glenn were kind enough to to bring me on and to try me out first, <laughs> vet me, because there's a vetting process. Hey, my name is Paul. Nice to meet you tonight. 
Okay, so how many songs are in your arsenal mm. for Sid Gold's? I think I got about between 900 and 1,000 songs on my list currently, so somewhere around there. 900 and 1,000 songs, you can just sit in front of a keyboard or a piano and start playing. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Man. I mean, some of them, uh, to be honest, Cleo, like three quarters of that list I got, but there is a quarter of that list where you don't play the song for a year or a few months at it, you know, and you got to refresh a little bit or you, I pull up the lyrics or once in a while I pull up a chord chart. So it's not like I don't have 900 songs ready to go. The other thing is you're there to support the singer and the singer maybe it's a gentleman who is singing a song originally done by a lady maybe the gentleman wants to sing Whitney Houston but Lord knows he does not have Whitney's range mm -hmm. <laughs> he does not have the inflection so you have to accommodate the singer and put that song in a new key that is comfortable to the singer and that is a deep part of the job okay and there's a little bit of guesswork in that Okay, I'm looking at this, uh, this request list. Maybe it takes you another drink to uh, sign yourself up. But my, my, my trick is um, maybe sign up for an unknowing friend. So you're transposing on the fly as yeah, well. that's right. Man, yeah. it's just, so it keeps your toolkit as a musician pretty sharp. I think that was like what attracted me to it, honestly. And the more I dug in, it was like, I'm not playing like covers like this all the time. I, this, that's not my gig, I'm a songwriter. So it's just kind of wonderful to have the breath of mostly American and classic American music at your fingertips. What I love, man, is to sit there and it could be an Otis Redding song, it could be an Everly Brothers song, it could be a, a cheesy, fun 80s song, but they're all great tunes, right? These are classic tunes for the most part. You're just kind of immersed in amazing music. And I think that that thing kind of it seeps into me. It's three hours once a week, but it, you know, these songs stick in my head the next day and become a part of my week. Has anyone ever requested, we're not going to take it from <laughs> Twisted Sister? You know, I grew up on Long Island in New York, and Twisted Sister was from two towns over. Has anyone requested it? No, but maybe if you come by this week, maybe you'll Okay, it. hey, maybe so. That used to be my video back in the day. You have ringers in this town. You have people that maybe they're middle-aged, maybe they're younger, it doesn't matter the age, but they're sitting there all quiet, they're sipping on their cocktail, and I look at my request list, and I see, oh, maybe I'll take this exit here. <laughs> I look at my request list, and I see son of a preacher man, Dusty Springfield, you know, and so let's say her name is Rebecca, and I call upon Rebecca, how about a round of applause for her? She, she'll come on up, and I, I play that opening intro, right, you know, mm -hmm. you know how it starts. Uh, Rebecca lays into it, and you've never heard Rebecca sing before. In that moment, she is dusty, right? Billy Ray was a preacher's son, and when his daddy would visit, he'd come along. When they gather around and started talking, that's when Billy would take me away. You know, there are other showbiz towns, but there's not that many song towns. And this being a song town, and your job is to play some of the best songs ever written, you're going to get some of the best voices 
secret or not so secret in, in that <laughs> piano room. Tell me a story about when you were utterly shocked by what someone did on stage there. Mm. Let's call this lady Alice. Mm -hmm. Alice is an older lady, it's real spunky, full of life. And uh, I see her name on my list and I see that she wants to sing Etta James's At Last. Ooh. We know that one, we grew up with that one. Yes. It is timeless, Etta James's version is the version of that song. And that is not a request that you can put down lightly, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you are in the shadow of Etta. So I call it a little like, okay, you know, let's see what happens here. I mean, if it goes <laughs> awry, I can step in and help the person. Yeah, yeah. I can help Alice out in this case. Uh, and Alice comes up and I play that intro. Do, 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 right? Mm hmm. There's that little held note uh, on the five chord, right? Mm -hmm. And that that will lead into the at last. And Alice just lays in with this gorgeous rasp and wisdom in her voice of years lived, and I think shocked the whole room. C certainly, the biggest smile came over my face. Alice killed the song and inhabited something, inhabited some kind of deep understanding about the material like she had experienced it herself or first recorded the song herself or in, in some ways you were reminded of Edda's version and in some ways you forgot it. Mm. And I think that was kind of a magical uh, night for me. Um, and, it, and I was like, I think I'm gonna stick around here. Riding Shotgun is supported by Xander Insurance. And thanks to you for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville as a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by Magnolia McKay. Our senior producer is Steve Harouche. Michaela Elias is our technical director. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. Special thanks to Nina Cardona. Listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And the conversation doesn't end here. You can tweet us at thisisnashville, find us on Instagram, and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Lake Alona. We'll see you Monday, everybody. And be good to each other. <laughs>